And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This when we look forward to playing the challenge of playing the Bucks. We know they're a heck of a football team, so um, we're not sure where we're going to play, but we're we'll, wherever we need to go, we'll go. We'll get ourselves ready for that, and uh, when the league announces it, then uh, we'll go ahead and move forward in that direction. Uh, uh, so uh, that's. But right now, we know nothing. So it, it could be in Tampa. It could be there. Um, you know, my heart goes out to the people in Tampa. I, I haven't quite followed and know, know how much it's hit and, or going to hit, but uh, from what I heard, it sounds like it's going to be quite a deal. But uh, you know, hearts and prayers go out to the, the people there. Anyways, for that time, yours. To say that this week for the Kansas City Chiefs and those of us who cover them has been hectic might be a little bit of an understatement. To say that this week has been a hurricane would be a little bit too on the nose. So we'll find somewhere in the middle here on today's edition of Times Ours. I'm Joshua Briscoe alongside Nate Taylor. Seth Kaiser is uh, is not with us today. He'll be back for Monday's show, I imagine. Uh, it has a great piece up in the newsletter that we will uh, look back to as we go. But Nate, we, we found out officially today to do a little weather report first, I suppose. Uh, you are not going to Minnesota for this game, as you may have once been planning to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to Tampa, which is usually, I imagine, a wonderful destination. I love Tampa, and I'll, I'll give a little weather report on the ground there that I've got uh, shortly. But uh, this is probably not the um, sort of mid-season kind of working vacation that you might like to see when you enter uh, when you enter Florida in, in September. Yeah, and, you know, there were several conversations uh, where, look, I thought I was going to be driving up I-35, guys. I, I really thought me and the fam was going to get a bonus weekend. Um, Obviously, we hope that... And I, I haven't read a ton of coverage. Because um, obviously there's going to be more details as we get further away from what happened yes. over the last two days. But hopefully, you know, I haven't read if there's been a ton of casualties. But hopefully, you know... Lord willing, everybody was safe in that, you know, our lives is obviously what matters most. Um, uh, With that said, the Chiefs will go to Tampa Bay. They will play the Buccaneers in primetime in a stadium that may or may not be full of people. Um, And the humidity and the weather is going to be interesting to sort of watch um i got to talk to tommy townsend today josh about the breeze um, yes that is naturally in the stadium um so i don't know what the aftermath of a tropical storm rolling through the region will do but um it's 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 interesting that the news came out that the Buccaneers were going to host their home game instead of moving this to Minneapolis. Um, during sort of the the media availability time for us to, to, to talk to people on the team. So, you know, the Chiefs went to practice today fully aware that they were going to stay in Tampa Bay. So there's, there is some clarity in that. Um, although we'll see structurally how much uh, this makes sense moving forward because... I think a large segment of Tampa doesn't have, you know, this thing called electrical power. Yeah. So hopefully so hopefully it all hopefully it all works out on Sunday. And you know, I'm not sure if we need to be working round the clock for a football game after mm-hmm. a tropical storm, but that's what the NFL has decided to do. That part there is the one thing that gets stuck in my craw just a little bit is hey, are we in I don't know, the answer to this might be affirmative to say like or, or maybe in the negative, I guess, to say, hey, um, is there anything else that these people could be doing to maybe try to make sure this state and the, the surrounding cities are in a good space right now? Or any any thought that maybe this is not where we'd want to dump our resources on a football game? 
Those are questions I've been asking the last couple of days. Um, my my inside reporting is that a, a few years ago, my, my family moved down to uh, actually Treasure Island, Florida, which is just a kind of off Tampa, off on an island on the bay side. And for a little bit, it looked like that whole place was going to be totally underwater. Um, and ultimately, they ended up being extremely lucky. The, the hurricane made its its path go farther south, which is also that that sort of southern trajectory that that it branched off on is the reason that this game has the possibility of being in Tampa. I, I think if it would have stayed on its original line, the city of Tampa Bay would have been devastated. The infrastructure there is a lot of old yeah. buildings and things. Mm-hmm. It it would have been it would have been devastating for that for that region. Um, and so it, it goes a little south, and it, it seems like Tampa proper is doing pretty good. Tampa St. Pete area. Um, again, my my family went back to their to their house today after evacuating, and and found very minimal damage, which is a miracle on that front. Uh, but that the, those spaces farther south, just to so we can be clear, if anybody hasn't seen the videos or anything, Whew. a huge chunk of some of those, especially smaller communities down down south of Tampa, are underwater. Uh, I mean the the storm surges of of water of ten feet, uh, the the video of a, a shark in the street swimming not not a not a, a Photoshop this time apparently it's it's for real, um, just very very actively thinking about everybody who has been affected by that and like I said I don't know uh, I don't know what any of the the figures are on anything or or what the extent of that's going to be, but. If you if you are within earshot of anybody who lives in that area, there are, there are people who are legitimately fearful that they will drive back to the location that their house used to be standing in, right, um, and would be no longer. So, all of that is is my little bit of hesitance along those lines. Of I don't know if a football game needs to happen there right now, so they can uh, just try to keep that community try to dry it out in a very literal sense and yep. try to help some people that will need it. We'll see where that goes. But as you said, hey, the hey. NFL and the Bucks have said, we'll, we'll go ahead and take that game here. Real quick. Um, this is from the New York Times. More than 500 people had to be rescued from floodwaters in southwestern Florida <sighs> by, as of this recording, Thursday afternoon, official said. Now, it'll it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a longer time to get um, what possibly might be the death toll. But just the idea that 500 people had to be rescued um, by Thursday afternoon when obviously it was, I think, a Category 4 when it reached landfill um, a, a few days ago. Now, here's what the NFL will try to do. And they've done it in the past to some mm-hmm. success and to some disappointment. Um, and I wanted to make this this note uh, before we moved on, Josh. The league will try to raise relief efforts. Um, which is all good and dandy. Um, that is probably something you're going to see throughout the telecast of Sunday night's game. Um, I think the NFL clearly wanted the game to still be in primetime for obvious football reasons, but now in the aftermath of this, um, we'll try to do it, do the best it can to help, you know, people to help encourage people to donate. Um, I don't know which organizations yet. And then the NFL, um, one would assume will do its part to help out in some financial manner. Um, so from a broadcast element, it will probably not look as normal as like, you know, a regular Sunday night game, um, like say Denver last week. Um, but they will try to make the best of it that they can. Um, despite the fact that yes, as I'm reading this 2.5 million people are out of power. It it has been a it's been a very strange week or so to just be getting updates from my mom to now you going through the stats to the Chiefs trying to get down there to play a football game. But yeah, that's that's what we know as we stand now. And um, I saw somebody on Twitter ask because of the range where power is out if Raymond James Stadium currently has power. I did not see an affirmative answer to that. I don't know that it's uh, that it is out of power at the moment. I I don't know it either way. But I thought that was an interesting question to ask. Yeah, uh, as, some, as this all gets figured out. Yeah, some of this is in the Orlando area, of course. Um, so you're kind of going from, um, what what is the, what is the, the from Fort Myers to Tampa to Orlando? 
um, is what I'm gathering. But yeah, that is a that's a fair question to ask. Can can the jumbotrons at Raymond James Stadium light up right now? Right. So we'll just. I mean, there could be elements of that that are certainly evolving over time. I think you're you're absolutely right. There will be some sort of uh, fundraising element that that goes in connection with that. I, I I'll be curious to see exactly how that goes. I I feel like the NFL usually does that with Red Cross sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't know. I just don't know what the next couple of days are going to look like. I don't really know exactly what these last couple of days have looked like to actually be on the ground there beyond a, a few pictures here and there. But uh, with that being said, I guess we can talk about the actual game that may or may not happen or uh, the game that did already happen because yesterday, not a whole lot that I would have uh, brought back up for today's show. Today's pressers, however, Nate, you, you were out there for them. I was listening live from the radio station and... There were like a half dozen different places. I think you could start from today. Uh, I I would give you the entirety of the field from from today's pressers for you to pick something you like, and I'll I'll pick something different because we'll have plenty (laughs) of options. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, this is what I'm going to ultimately write about for The Athletic, but um, it's not every day, kids, where Dave Tobe just answers question after question <laughs> after question after question. I mean, we're still talking to this man. Uh, that's how bad Sunday was. <laughs> and so we're going to, I'm going to further dive into it. Um, but for Dave Tobe to basically have the respect and the trust from Andy Reid that, like, no, all calls made on special teams are basically Dave Tobe. Um, he making that very clear that like, I recommend things to coach and then coach, I I guess, doesn't really push back, um, or that they have enough years together where, Hey, that's his, that's his responsibility. And you want to, you want to, you want to try a fake field goal on fourth and 11. Hey, that, that, that's you. So if that's the case, then the special teams coordinator um, acknowledges that that is his responsibility. Um, but there's stuff from there's stuff from Sunday's game, Josh, that is going to obviously have an impact on Sunday. One of them being we have no idea if Harrison Puck is going to play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He did not practice today, Thursday, although he did practice in in a limited fashion on Wednesday. Um, so we don't know if he's going to play. I'm going to give you as many notes as I possibly can on the new kicker, Matthew Wright, uh, here in a minute. But also, um, a lot of these implications is going to be about, like, the whole season. Like, the, you know, there are four core special teamers, Josh. You want to know who they are? Uh, it's the the kicker, punter, long snapper, and Chris LeMond's. <laughs> Close. You're 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 okay. 50, you're fifty fifty. Right. I I really believe it's Harrison Bucker, um, you know Tommy Townsend, who by the way, throughout all this chaos, is the offensive specialist of the month in the AFC. <laughs> and good, good, good start for the Chiefs. If you had told me their punter is a the, yeah, the player of the month, the player of the month in the AFC out of all the all after after all the fifty three bad options. Um. Now, to be fair, Lamar Jackson is incredible this season because he on my fantasy team. Now, with that being said, (laughs) every time I look at the phone, I'm like, that man is out here getting money. Get it. You get that money, Lamar. Uh, It should just be cash register sounds every time he scores. That should be what they play in the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the other two, I believe, are rookies. Isaiah Pacheco and Sky Moore. How they play on Sunday is obviously in response to how they've played against the Colts. But a lot of the statistical value because of Dave Tope's style is going to come down to like how, how much these rookies develop and get better or stagnate or what no one hopes is you don't want them to get worse. But, um, but the way he spoke about both of those guys... Um, will will likely play, you know, a role to some degree as the season moves along. And were you surprised by any of that today? Whenever he 
he just sort of stood there and said, like, he, he's one of the guys. This is funny because of how we've talked about Steve Scarnello over the years. Like, mm-hmm. He's going to stick with his young guys. And that uh, he, the, the worst thing you could do at that point is jump down their throats and, and shake their confidence. And um, I, everything that he kind of navigated through, was was any of that surprising to you? Or, or do you feel like that's that's Dave Tobe doing Dave Tobe things? It's a little trickier with Sky Moore because usually you're going to take the punt in the middle of the playing field. But even he said he would still want Sky Moore to take a punt from the eight versus having it bounce in the probability that like, hey, maybe the other team downs it at the one or the two yard line, which of course happened on the second punt against the Colts. When it comes to Isaiah Pacheco, we have not really seen a we have. I don't think I've seen the potential. Have you? Do you think you've seen the potential? We all know he's fast. Yeah, um, I just I just want to see I just want to see big and fast have the ball in its hands. So that's that's where my patience stems from. Okay, but the blocking has been kind of atrocious. Oh, mm. and so that forces a rookie to say, "Well, I got to do it on my own," or "Oh, it's, it's I got to put more on me because I got to make this man miss and this man miss and this man miss." And it's like, well, no, like <laughs> not even David Hester nor Dante Hall were this good this early on as. Special returners. It took them years to understand leverage, pacing, when to make moves, when to hit it and go. Um, so for Pacheco, he needs he needs real support from the from the blocking scheme because if he has to make a decision that you know what I'm gonna just turn left, even though the play doesn't tell me to go left. Ain't none of these dudes blocking. Oh wait, now I fell down because <laughs> <And now laughs> I tried to cut left way too hard. Um, but Dave Toe basically said, keep returning it. And that might be to like the team's detriment for for what a couple weeks, a couple like a yeah, month sure. before they like get in get in sync. So, you know, he's got some real coaching to do. Um, and we don't really say that often with Dave Toe, mostly because he does have a veteran sort of established core in that special teams unit. They are usually one of the better from a metric standpoint in DVOA and Usually, he doesn't have to even worry about Harrison Bucker um, because, obviously, he's healthy and he's one of the best kickers in the league. And so he's put a lot of emphasis on Tommy Townsend, which has bared some fruit so far. But I feel like, man, Dave Toe's going to have to coach a lot over the next month because uh, all their flaws were sort of exposed against the Colts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to talk about Eric being to me. Here we go. 
I, I'm actually more interested in talking about him today than I was on Monday's show. I guess we've, you know, kind of finally heard from him on this. And I don't right. I don't have like all the quotes in front of me. I'm not going to throw the audio clips right now or whatever. Um, and there was too much to tweet out. So I'm, I'm going to have to give you my feelings and let you all decide if you trust my interpretation. And Nate, you can, you know, confirm that I got at least some of this right. But but here my, my just big takeaway from the. The, the absolute deluge of uh, of questions that, that BNME got about the Mahomes thing today. I, I really feel like Eric Bienemy asserted himself really well throughout that entire process. And I I, I asked, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll put this out. I asked you about this before the show because this is something that I, I do not do very often. I'm pretty willing to give those dudes the benefit of the doubt. And I, I asked you before the show if there's anything that like I'm missing or whatever. I mean, kick it around here, of course, as well. But, right. Like, I sometimes whenever I am willing to take something more or less at face value, I immediately begin questioning why I'm doing that <laughs> and if I'm about to be the mark. If like if I'm going to get got right. And, <sighs> they, and got us, they got us, guys. They got us. Right. Like I don't. I'm not. Please. I mean, people know this. I don't have to explain this to anybody listening to this show, but like, I'm not just out here to just toe the party line or, or, you know, just say everything's, everything's all uh, sunshine and roses and in fairy tale land. Like <laughs> I just, I saw that, I saw that interaction with my eyes and then I listened to all three of the dudes involved talk about it. And specifically today with Bienemy, he said the thing that you expected him to say, which is that's Pat. But he also says, that's what you want him to be. You want him and I, I feel good because I feel like I said this on the post game show on Sunday or on Monday or something. You want him to be the guy that's trying to drag you to the end zone, even whenever you're pumping the brakes to be the conservative guy. Right. If that comes around, and as Bianami said, and, and he made this clear, it's a good follow up question. I might have been McDowell. I don't remember who asked it, but to say like, hey, you know, you were just the messenger on that, right? And Bianami said essentially yes, but he was the one that that was in Mahomes's ear to to make that decision. So then Mahomes comes over and and he's chirping at Bianami about it. That's really an Andy Reid target there. Even if Bianami was given the choice to make that call, uh, Andy Reid, as Bianami even said again today, about in the context of I think something else, I can't remember what. Andy Reid's got veto power whenever he gives up his fifty-one percent of the vote, which I I don't know how often that happens. But he's got 51, which works for credit and blame and all of that. And I just really thought that over the course of everything today, I think Eric Bieniemy reinforced that what we saw was was what we saw, but not more, if that makes sense. I, I, I was immediately thinking that it would probably get blown up to larger than what I thought it was as it happened in real time. And I'm still in that place now. Like, I don't, may, Patrick Mahomes might not, text Eric Bieniemy for like, you know, dinner spots uh, on the bye week. I, I I don't know, but they're talking every single day. Mahomes mentioned that yesterday. Like they didn't have to have a sit down about anything. And I just don't know why it would be a red flag for a disagreement about end of half aggressiveness to come out between some people who just honestly disagreed about what they wanted to do there. Like Patrick Mahomes wanted the ball in his hand and Reed and Bienemy wanted to get to the locker room and, and kind of recalibrate some things. Yeah. I would have sided with Mahomes there, but I don't think anybody was deeply in the wrong. And, and I really felt like Bienemy handled it with, with quite a bit of uh, grace today, I suppose. Yeah, he sounds like a leader. He sounds yeah. like uh, someone who can motivate through circumstance. Sounds like someone who, you know, had his reasons was well thought out and expressed his thoughts. You know what that sounds like, Josh? Sounds like a head coach. Sounds like a head freaking coach. <laughs> this is, the, I'm glad that you went there too, because one of the things he said today that I don't know that I've heard him speak about in that detail was to say, you, you have different players who can take different criticisms differently. And and I think he said you want to know what buttons you can push, not what buttons not to push, which is yeah. which is the attitude. That is an attitude right. of a bleepster of a coach, and that's absolutely what Eric Bieniemy is. Eric Bieniemy, I think, generally speaking, his his strategy as a coach is that he's going to get under your skin and and make you make you improve yourself because you're annoyed at what he's pointed out in you. Perhaps I, I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm really he, psychoanalyzing, he, but he's you know Andy Reid. This is back in 2018, kids. <laughs> Andy, Andy Reid empowered this man in a way that was truly like masterful, where 
2018, obviously Andy Reid was, you know, doing his thing. But one of these players was Matt Nagy. Yep. One of these players was Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy is known to get in that. You fill in the blank. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. he's doing less of it in a public manner now because he is sort of evolving or transforming or ascending to that sort of CEO leadership type because that's what y'all want. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, everybody's got to progress and develop the way they want at their own sort of timing and pacing um, if given the time to do that. And clearly Eric's been given the time to do that with Andy. But like... I'm just saying, behind them doors, he's still who he is, while also probably getting better at explaining, like, here's who I am, here's where I'm content, here's where I feel secure, and letting everybody know, like, no, he's wrong. <laughs> like, it's okay for Eric Beauty to be like, I was right, and Patrick was wrong, and here's why. You know, and he didn't spell it all the way out. But he did let everybody know that, like, this is literally my job, guys. Like, I can't, like, he nor Andy can just do what Patrick wants all the time. You know, right. that that's yeah. not the way, that's not the way this, this is supposed to work. Now, Eric was not the same football player that Patrick Mahomes is. And isn't that part of why you want and value him as a coach? Because he has a different perspective on these things. And situationally um as he said can can I can I tell everybody what the best quote was from today beyond <laughs> how he handled the pat thing Josh sure yeah this man said they kicked our ass yes so we in the Multiple middle of getting times our, I believe yeah we in the middle of getting our ass kicked dog let's get the hell in the locker room and make some damn adjustments <laughs> and and you know what I get it and I get Mahomes wanting to take another shot because he knows he's Patrick Mahomes. Like, right. it's, I get it. The uh, the, other, it, the one other thing from ch- all of that that I just... Ch- children, it's okay for, for adults to, to argue. It's okay. Right. right. Okay. And it wasn't the it wasn't a top 50 all-time Mahomes be enemy disagreement. I'm pretty confident in that. Like, I just it just happened. If CBS's cameras wouldn't have lingered there for as long as they did, we never would have gotten to this point. And Not that they did anything wrong by sticking with it. I'm glad they got oh, to see Oh, of course. It, I was like, please, please, please. Hey, can we follow them into the tunnels? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, stay on them. Hey, uh, track 15. Uh, track 15. Stay, yep. 15. Uh, stay on them. Stay on them. Stay on them. Uh, so the other thing, too, is, and I don't know. I didn't mention this Monday, and I should have, but I didn't think about it. Because uh, we all tend to think, like, once the season starts, it's a new season. Like, everything else is a wasteland behind it. I mean, if you don't think the AFC Championship game still kind of hovers over this, then you're then you're foolish. Sure. Like, you know, we was at the one, and you know, psychologically, really didn't help us. Now, did it? Mm-hmm. So, we're at like the thirty-six. It's second and twenty. Yeah, let's just hand this thing off. Like, got again. We we've gone through this before, but you've got no timeouts. You don't have Harrison Bucker. You don't have Tyreek Hill, you know. So, Eric Bieniemy is right, and he sounded like someone who knew he was right when he talked to us today. That's a good way of putting it. I ain't gonna leave it. There. The the one other thing I was gonna say is just within the conversation about the button pushing and everything, he talked about being able to tailor that to different guys differently. And if there was one thing that I would have believed about Eric Bieniemy for a long time, it's just that sometimes you've got guys who are not here to be coached in the most um, confrontational way possible, which seems like that might kind of be the enemy's speed a lot of the time. And I, again, I, I would largely, I would largely believe you on that. But the idea that at least at this point in his career, that he is realizing, if not already long ago, realized that you can't make the same flavor for, for every player. That to me feels like the hurdle to clear. And, and if he can actually, you know, coach in different ways. Those are conversations you're going to have in the head coaching interviews, but he got asked right at the very end of the presser, you know, if some of that stuff is maybe you don't care, but do owners care? And he said, yeah. you'll have to ask some owners. Mm-hmm. And then the presser ended, which was a pretty good moment. We got like five or six sort of 
Um, half serious, half awkward chuckles from him today. Uh, blew the over-under that I said at one and a half. I, I, I predicted that we'd get at least two good. <laughs> and I think we got like, I think the final score might have been five. Um, just a, a really uh, a really excellent performance in the pressers. Uh, as both Biennemi and Tobe were like on the stand and, and Steve Spagnuolo might as well have been doing a handstand. Like, it's just the only, if Chris Jones doesn't get that penalty, he also talked in the locker room after the fact, which was had some really interesting stuff. But if uh, if Chris Jones hadn't gotten that penalty, I, I really do feel like Spags could have come out there and just stood on top of the podium. That, that yeah. would have been within his rights. Yeah, and was just like, hey, who wants to ask me about blitzing today? Because <laughs> we're so good at it. <sighs> oh, man. Spags presser. Um, real quick on the Chris Jones front, uh, it was it was in the locker room, so I, I heard the audio because uh, 810's own Todd Lebo yes, was back sir. there, and he and uh, and Vahe Gregorian of, of the Star were the the two that were were kind of peppering Chris Jones with some stuff, and I, I I thought it was the most open and straightforward Jones has been on all of that before. The the crux of one of his answers, first of all, he rattled off the taunting article by like line whatever. <laughs> Uh, article, whatever, section, whatever. He had that <laughs> off the top of his head. And the one thing he talked about, which I feel really good about because I've been screaming about this for several days now, is he said, you've got to, they've got to give us a clear understanding of what we can and cannot say. Cannot say. Mm. That's a direct quote. Give us a clear understanding of what we can and cannot say. Makes and, sense. and that was the most recent part of all of this that, that actually made me angrier now than I was on Sunday after all of these little like half reports have come out and everything. I, I said yes. this on the radio show today, but it's like it's like getting pulled over for speeding, and you say, "Hey, well, how fast was I going? What's the speed limit here? I didn't see any signs." Ooh. And the cop says, "Yeah, well, here's your ticket. I can't tell you even that, unfortunately." Well, that that's that is uninformative for your people, right? Like, if if you want to make an example out of Chris Jones because he said something heinous, fine, but you've got to at least point to specifically what he said. If you're going to say this is consistently unacceptable. You got to point it out. The NFL does this with flags everywhere else. Yep. You throw a flag, you say mm-hmm. what the penalty was and who did the thing. You, if Patrick Mahomes <laughs> throws a seventy-five yard touchdown and a ref comes out and says, "Person, nah, hold on, let me let me get this right." Okay, flag yeah, comes let's out. get let's get the speaker box going. Wait. Flag comes out, ref walks out, turns on his microphone. Fifteen yard penalty on the offense. Replay, first down, and just leaves. Hey, 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 hey. That is not acceptable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What yes. number? <laughs> I need to know. Was it holding? Who did it? I need to know. Was was someone offside? Was there a personal foul? Did someone say a, a naughty word? Whatever it is, <laughs> if you are just sentencing again, I'm getting real extreme in the in the things here. I've, I sentenced you to four years in prison. Oh my god! For what? I just unfortunately I can't tell you that right now. I'm not willing to do that. It was abusive language, and I have no further comments. <laughs> like, at, at the 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 best case scenario is you, the NFL could come out and say, you know what, we don't think it's important for other people to learn from this. We just wanted to punish Chris Jones and the Chiefs on that drive for what Chris Jones did. They could say that, but that's not what these rules are for. Like, you, this is ideally the point of things like uh, tickets and. Uh, you know, letting you off with a warning or whatever is so you don't repeat the negative behavior that creates a, a more civil society, generally speaking. We're not all doing 85 on Metcalf. Like, that. that's because we all know that there's a speed limit, and if you forget, they put a new sign out every once in a while. Like, I, I that, that really has grown that, to irk me. Yeah, that's a, that's a great comparison because, um, you know, obviously I wasn't there, you know, today. But or for that specific conversation, but yeah, like <laughs> you just you know, no one wants to say what he said, including the man who said it. But hopefully, he has a better understanding now. Um, but as I'm saying that, I'm like, does he? <laughs> he said he will not be ta- he will not be speaking to Thomas Brady. So the two of them, the two of them have a little bit of a uh, little bit of, of chatter history. Hey, 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 hey! Good luck with that. Good point. Because uh, someone sees, what he said. I someone sees some tape tendencies and is like, "Let me start exploding." Oh man, God! If if Brady draws, he's gonna try. Jones, you know, oh, he's absolutely. gonna try. Absolutely. He ain't a legend for a reason. He's a legend because he a legend. Hey, hey! Did you see what I did to Marcus Lattimore? <laughs> <laughs> see what I see, what my boy. See, 
I'm gonna say something, and then you're gonna say something, and then Mike Evans is gonna get in the way, and it's gonna completely like boil over from that. But well, look, I'm, I'm saying, saying, I'm saying, I'm gonna get Mike Evans out of there. I mean, yeah. If if if, they, if there's a little one for one, I don't think I'd trade Chris Jones for Mike Evans in this game straight up. I think it's I think Chris Jones is more important. But uh, you know, at least it, it's like in chess. Sometimes you go get you go uh, you go take the bishop, even though it's gonna cost you your rook. I don't know if that's good chess math or not. I'm not very good at chess, but those are two pieces that I can think of. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes you make those moves, and uh, I tell you what, if Chris Jones could get Tom Brady ejected, I think Ooh, it might be worth it. Ooh, there, that's never gonna happen. Not in a million years. <laughs> Tom Brady, Tom Brady could commit murder on the field with his bare hands, premeditated. He could be confessing to it on a live microphone that's going out over a half full Raymond James Stadium because this game is happening inside a natural disaster. Right. And he would not get spent um, or thrown out. So, just want to make it clear, guys. He may hold that card all four quarters. And if you think Matt Ryan got away with one. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't let Tom Brady get a chance, Chris. Like, you know, it was funny. Um, I can't remember if it was if it was Todd Lebo or not, but but someone asked Green Humphrey, hey, how much how much you're chitting in your chattering before <laughs> before and after the snap? Yes. And <laughs> Green was like, no. I don't talk. Yeah. My my, we, bice, we my biceps talk. I don't talk after the play. I just I just get my I just get back in the huddle. Usually I'm dominating another man uh, who's looking you know above at me. Uh, but then I just get to I just, I just give it to the next play, guys. I don't I don't really say anything. Um, as we are recording this live, we can make this our segue back to the uh, back to the Buccaneers. I suppose that the Chiefs just tweeted out one of these names got added, although. A lot of you guys were, were tweeting this at, at practice. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Harrison Butker, and Ronald Jones did not practice today. Mike Dana and McCole Hardman were limited. Um, MVS was, I, I don't I think he was limited yesterday, if uh, if memory serves. Uh, looking at it now. Good radio. Was, yes, he it, was limited yesterday. So it was a it was a, a late little um jangle there and and Reed said, or, or uh, the the chief said, Andy Reed obviously wasn't giving the injury report today. Uh, the chief said today, I believe that that Dana, I, I thought they said that Dana and um, Butker would be the two that didn't practice, but Dana was limited, and MVS didn't practice. I mean, Ronald Jones we knew wasn't going to be there. Either. They right, might have just right. said it was. They might have just said Jones and Butker. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Good radio. It, it's 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 fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. All you need to know is that um, Juju, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, and McCall Hartman are on the injury report. So we'll we'll see how much McCall Hartman can do. Um, Andy flat out said yesterday on Wednesday, yeah, he probably shouldn't have been out there. Yep. <laughs> like if you if like you heard the quote or you read it or sort of in between. Um, what he was ultimately alluding to was that, like, he wasn't as serviceable as we thought he would be um, in Sunday's game against the Colts. And look, uh, Valdez Scantlin is trending in the wrong direction. Uh, so we'll see if he practices Friday. Um, but hey, maybe this is what Seth kind of wants. <laughs> like, because there's going to be no choice but to put Sky Moore out there. Sky Moore! Great, great, fantastic. You know what? I'll be the guy that takes the other side on this one. I don't. I'm not trying to force anybody onto the field in this offense right now. I would like to force guys onto the field who are going to be nice pass catchers who get a little bit of space. Who are going to be where Patrick Mahomes wants him to be. That's all I've got. Okay, I've got Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster, who has been a full participant these last two practices yeah. with the shoulders injury. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I, Scott Moore, hey, you know, once just, he's out there, I'll be I'll be looking for 24. You know, I'm excited when it gets there. I just would like to see everybody be healthy. I'm nice. Hey. I mean, quiet revenge game for for Justin Watson. They didn't want me no more. Wow, the Justin Watson game. They didn't want me no more. Love this. This is huge. I'm I'm. Well, hey, Ronald Jones, get your stomach right or whatever, and uh, and get active. Yeah, Rojo revenge game would be nice. I don't think he's going to be active. Not looking that way right now. But you Maybe know, these th- these could change. Um, yeah. So you know, um. Now, I think this may be the point, too. And again, this is sort of projecting later in the week. But let's say McColl is limited Friday, uh, just as he was today. 
The next game is probably more important. I know, I know you don't want to. I know you don't want to say that out loud. But you look at the schedule and you say, mm, "Next game's probably more important." And you know, you ain't got to run these routes on some swampy fields because you know, hurricane. Uh, I hope the like for as much talk as like Chiefs fans can have. If they go through another game where there's some poor field play. Oh, man. This team is 3-0 and if the Cardinals' grass works. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. Like, <laughs> I mean, Harrison look, Bucker it, and Chip McDuffie play against the Colts. And this is why I'm, you know, this is probably why I'm writing about special teams today is like, we don't know what the field conditions are. Uh, we hope it's suitable. They'll, they'll do the best they can. I'm not acting like, you know, the Buccaneers are going to be like, nefarious or anything like that but like you just you know it is not a normal prep week because yeah. mother nature um yeah it's not a normal it's not a normal week for the grounds crew yeah that's a good that's a good yeah and the, and, and the team is flying back from miami so like it's it's it is unusual on all sides uh <laughs> no matter how you look at it but yeah like you know, they had the field issues in Chicago, and thankfully the Chiefs got out of that okay for the preseason game. We all know what happens in Arizona. <laughs> I'm just preparing people now. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> I'm just, call. I'm just preparing people now because um, for everything that this game can offer, McCole Hartman needs to be healthy and available probably against the Las Vegas Raiders, who the Chiefs play. In prime time on Monday Night Football, on a normal playing surface, and a divisional opponent, and like that is Buffalo. After yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to have proper perspective. I know the Chiefs want to win this game. They do not want to go to back-to-back losses, but you have to be somewhat thought processing thought processing the the long term and this is where you might have to protect the player because the player is like hey i'm on a contract year i want to be out there all 17 games i want to do what i can if if mccall Hartman doesn't play it's not his fault it's just hey this is the game is about managing injuries to the best you can and it's still early in the season so he may not he might not be out there but if i'm able to get to tampa which I'm scheduled to, to go, and I'm able to, to you know, go through the usual routines as best we all can from a TV production standpoint. Obviously, team, you know, both coming basically from, from out of town at this point. Um, then one of, the, one of the biggest things that I'll do leading up to the game is just how does the field look? How does, like, how, 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 are, these, how are all these things working, um, you know, less than a week from a, from a natural weather storm? So with with that all being laid out there now, I mentioned at the very beginning that uh, Seth Kaiser over in the Chief of the North newsletter wrote uh, a really interesting piece where he went through 31 uh, of the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs, all of, of their 31 failed offensive plays. Woo! 31 is a lot. Um, I am certainly not going to uh, give you the uh, the step-by-step failed play by uh, by number here through the process. If you want that, you got to go check it out. In the Chief of the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. He's always got a deal running uh, there as well to get you uh, 60% off forever. So that that's the, uh, the, the, the close-up view. The 30,000-foot view takeaway here within it all is that there's no one single culprit that a lot of things went wrong from Andy Reid to Mahomes to the O-line to the receivers. Yep. None of that to say anything about the special teams. That is a totally different category that we've already talked about here today. Whenever you look at, at what this game brings, because I, I have spent most of these last couple of days not talking myself into the Chiefs, just sort of sitting back and, and thinking about it and really finding my argument for the Chiefs in this game to be pretty solid. Not not like 100% by any means, but like feel feel okay about it when I'm eventually going to have to make a pick. 
But I hate this wide receiver uh, injury report. I hate that. Um, I, I hate that I can't I can't assume that Orlando Brown and Trey Smith are any form of healthy as they stay on the injury report as well. Where do you begin to to go through this game? I'll also add that the, the line in this game has moved from at its best for Kansas City, two and a half, a, a two and a half point favorite is what the Chiefs opened as. As you record this right now, most places have the, the Chiefs now getting one point as a one point underdog. Uh, the, the, the line there moving three and a half points over a few days without there being any single piece of major news is uh, is pretty startling. That's, that's a lot of line movement. Yeah, um, it's really on it's really on the offensive line and Clyde. I, it, it don't I don't matter. It don't matter wherever else you want to look, ladies and gentlemen. I know, Josh, that the wide receiver situation is not ideal. Um, but you still have Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey. And, you know, Justin Watson. Sprinkle them in. Um, look, the offense was explosive when Clyde was effective, both as a receiver and a runner. Um, we have two game samples of that. We have one game where he was abysmal. So, from the running's perspective, I guess he didn't get a ton of touches as a receiver. Uh, but he also hasn't had any drops or any issues of that nature. Are we about to find out how healthy this offensive line is or how unhealthy it is. So, I'm glad Andy on Wednesday acknowledged. Andy Reid said, yep, been bothering him when it comes to Orlando Brown and what I think is his left knee. Um, you wonder how many points the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have given up per game th- th- this year, Josh? The uh, the closest I've gotten to having a opinion on this game is that I think taking the under might be smart. Yeah, it might be. Uh, they've given up nine points per game. Now, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys didn't look like they had played a preseason game. So, all right, and then Dak got hurt in the game. All right, we all watched the game. It was horrible. Thanks, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> <laughs> then they played the Saints. And, of course, we got the report before the game. Hey, y'all, Davis is out here playing with backs. Like, what? Backs. Like, well, what do you mean? His, his backs <laughs> hurts. He's got, like... <laughs> he has multiple backs. Yep, they already injected him, so he has another one. Uh, Chopped up into, like, four different bits right now. He, but don't worry, there's... No risk of no re-injury. Risk whatsoever. So are you sure? Look, I, I'm all about I am all about, you know, getting that science and, and, and hearing from the doctors and then taking what the doctors say because this is their area expertise. I I'm all about trying to hear from those doctors. But I have to backs. question. I have to question the doctor who says, yes, his back is broken in multiple places and there's no risk for further injury playing football, playing NFL football. By the way, Jameis Winston has been missing practice in London this week, so we're about to export Andy Dalton upon your uh, Londoners. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that. Oh, Welcome to American gosh. football, baby. Oh, line it up. Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton. Oh, Truly, truly, finally, <laughs> just now, America's people. getting revenge on Britain. Why? Why do they do this to people? You know what they've given us? They've given us amazing soccer players. They've given us Emirata Kanu and. <laughs> like, they just, they just lost why? their they queen. Andy, they give us Andy Murray. They give us, they, they give us. Uh, why do they do this to us? <laughs> they, ju- they just lost, they just lost their beloved queen, and now if Jameis Winston doesn't gonna, isn't going to play, they're going to have lost their king. I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's so bad. Royalty is falling. I mean, this is Ugh. this is this is worse than the Boston Tea Party for them. I mean, <laughs> Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins getting exported to your shores is is might be a war crime. I mean, this is horrible. Someone's got to look into this. The UN needs to step in and stop Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins from being another data point that the Brits get on an American football. How how can we how can we best um, educate? Britain's about Tyron Matthew. How can, how can we best go about this? You know who shouldn't uh, do it? Me. Oh, how can we best, you know, inform people of like Justin Jefferson? You know how how can we how how can we move forward? 
gotta we gotta hey, play hey, those guys. There on the are some stuff. other good football players on the field. We just want to yeah. acknowledge that. But yeah. also Andy Dalton. <laughs> I, I was gonna try to. I think Michael Thomas is still hurt too. Hey. I don't. Hey, he's good when when healthy. Um, no, exactly. I'm just trying to figure out. Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara gonna play? I don't he, know because he didn't know. play against the Bucks. And oh my, they had dog. They they ran out. I got multiple back problems, Jameis Winston, and no Alvin Kamara. Why we even, why do we even line up, Coach? Why? This team lost to the Panthers last week. Come man. on, Coach. The, and they did no, they did have Alvin Kamara against the Panthers. They did have him game. against the Panthers, but against Good the Bucks. God, but against the Bucks, it was. I don't even know. This tape is not serviceable to me to analyze either one of these teams. Uh, now look, they did get Aaron Rodgers without Sammy Watkins. Um, and I don't think Christian Watson played last week either. But like, hey, that's probably the best evidence that hey, the defense is good. They held Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to 14 points, who also have better running backs right now. You know, between Mr. 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 Aaron and Mr. Mr. Jones, um, Aaron Jones and Cor- and Dylan. God, there's so many names, kids. I was gonna say uh-huh. Mr. Aaron and Mr. Jones. I thought was that gonna be, that might have been Rogers and Aaron Jones. And it was confusing. <laughs> no, no. A lot Aaron of Aaron's Jones and-, and and Mr. Dylan. Oh, he just snuck in the Sammy Watkins thing, which if anybody didn't see, he's on IR with a hamstring injury, and it just makes me sad because sad. I just want all I want is for Sammy Watkins to have hamstrings that don't betray him. Like that's all I want anymore for him. We'll see him play football, see if he can turn it around. Yeah. Just sad. Uh, so, look, the defense is really good. They have very good linebacker play. Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's hard to project because, like, the Buccaneers appear to have one of the better pass rushes. But, like, who they played? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I, it's just, it's hard to project, which I, which I, all this is to say is, like, I completely understand why the line is fluctuating. Um, you know, while also realizing that the Chiefs have the better quarterback. I yeah. presume the better coach. Yep. I, like, so, don't turn the ball over. <laughs> like, it's, like, this is where we have to keep it simple, kids. Like, I can't give you anything that's, like, Super glitzy. Now, last week, I told y'all, ain't none of these dudes getting open. And guess what? The Chiefs really didn't give up a, a, a big... They gave up, like, one long completion on a 50-50 ball when the Colts were deep in their back end. Um, but look, I thought the I thought the Chiefs secondary would win that matchup. They, by and large, did. Except for Jelani Woods uh, being just seven feet tall. Which, hey, uh, credit to him. But the, it was not the defense's fault <laughs> on oh, Sunday. God, no. It wasn't the defense's fault, but I, you know, there are certain matchups I can give you. Obviously, we talked about Darius Harris against Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that actually held up pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, even though there was obviously some slight worries without Willie Gay. I mean, Russell Gage was out here getting 12, 12, 12 receptions, kids. You want to know how many yards, Josh? Oh, uh, don't, don't say- Russell oh, Gage okay, led, the, led the team in with 12 receptions. Against the Green Bay Packers, who, by the way, are pretty good as well. 12 gonna, receptions for how many yards, sir? I'm going to say 72. <sighs> he had 87 yards, guys. Oh! I mean, they're they're out here trotting out Cameron Brait, who, you know, is good when Rob Gronkowski's also on the field. Uh, right. Or who's more, you know, who's more of a legitimate option to take away some mismatches, you know, because... Obviously, playing next to a Hall of Famer does a lot of good. Um, it's it's a hard game to like. <sighs> it's a hard game to estimate. Um, now, Julio Jones, he's got a knee situation. He's been limited the last two practices. Bashad Perryman's got a knee and a hamstring. Doesn't look like he's going to play. He has not practiced this week. Uh, you know, Chris Godwin, who we all know is coming off the ACL, he's got a hamstring as well. Um, we think he'll play. But it's clear he's not fully healthy. So take the under, as Josh suggests. <laughs> which the means, one thing that which means just, there'll be there'll be like eight turnovers, chaos oh, yeah. among us, yeah. sloppy football. But like somehow there'll be you know fifty 
amount of points on the on the scoreboard between the two teams. But take like the under. Five total defensive special team scores for the two yep. teams combined. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, it'll get don't worry, kids. It'll get weird. We all know that. Oh yeah. This is, <laughs> yes. This this game's gonna be played in a swamp, as you mentioned earlier. Like that will yeah. be it'll be weird. Well, like Tom Brady was thirty one of forty two for a six point five yard average, dog. So a lot of this is rally, tackle, get a turnover if you can. But I don't know what I don't know what your prediction is, Josh. I don't know if I even got one. Me I mean, neither. I'll, no, I don't know. I don't we have to give one. <laughs> the people Here's... won't let us. They won't let us off the. They won't let us away from the from the from the microphone. You know, I want to I want to keep our microphone. So we'll we'll give the least confident projections or predictions of all time. But man, I don't know. Like, and neither do you. No, here, here are my, here are my two things on on each side of the ball that have just have kind of struck me here. Neither, ne- neither of these are necessarily helping me get to my end result. Just what struck me. One is that I, I wish the Chiefs' defense was healthier because I think oftentimes in the NFL you get a low scoring game and it's because there are two terrible offenses running in the two okay defenses. Mm-hmm. If this defense has Trent McDuffie and Willie Gay and a healthy Mike Dana, I think it would legit just be a great defensive football game. Where, like, whenever Mahomes or Brady gets one over on you, it feels that way. It it really is like, oh, uh, we 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 got the one shot that we needed, and now now this seven point lead feels more secure than a twenty one point lead felt in in twenty nineteen. Like th- that. That's kind of exciting as a possibility, but they don't have Willie Gay. They don't have Jim McDuffie. We don't know about uh, Mike Danny yet, but but Gay and, and McDuffie especially, that's that's going to be tough to function without, even though they still look good against Indy. I just wanted to see them at full strength. The other half of it is that I don't really think the Buccaneers' offense is anything to be terrified of right now, particularly with all the injuries you've rattled off. And, like, look, again, they're missing Mike Evans against Green Bay, and that didn't help, but... This team has not looked like a well-oiled machine offensively at really any point. And I kind of think that's real. Like, I just kind of think that at least for a while, while that offensive line is still kind of a mess, I think they're going to get some slow, clunky, painful yards and enough points to make games difficult because that defense is really good. Yeah. And that logic makes me want to side with the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs' offense is better than that. But I also think the Buccaneers' defense at its current health, compared to the Chiefs' defense at its current health, I think the Buccaneers have that edge by a little bit. And if this game comes down to special teams, I would I would be a fool. Toss <laughs> up. <laughs> I would, Toss I would up bad best. So, I don't know, man. I, I, the, the wide receiver thing spooks me. The MVS and, and, and Hardman thing spook me. Where I, I think they can run this offense with one of those two guys. I, I don't know that they can do what they need to do without either of them. And if either of them are just simply, if neither of them are, are simply just healthy enough to really do what they need to do, that really hurts. I really don't know, man. I, I have, up until this last hour or so, before the injury report came out, I had been pushing myself closer and closer to like 2117 Chiefs or something in that department. I didn't, I'm I'm starting to wonder if, if that's not, if that's not where it needs to be. I, I don't know that I can talk myself into the Bucks breaking 24 themselves. Mm-hmm. First to 30 would 100% win. I, I just I just don't know. So I'm going to make you uh, land that first when I try to talk myself into something. All right, here we go, kids. Um, the Bucks' highest scoring game this year is 20 points against the Saints. So with that said, uh, I'm going to say... Chiefs 23, Buccaneers 19. Um, now, remove special teams out of your mind. Okay. It's okay to go for it on fourth down, conventionally. Yes. Yes. Um, if you're on the plus side of the field, and even if it's in short yardage, which we've discussed in the previous episode, stats stats aren't good, but I think a little bit of, of aggression is healthy and okay for this particular game. Um, 
And again, part of that is due to the opponent you're playing. Like, do we consider them to be at their most explosive? Well, if the answer to that is no, then you can take sort of measured aggression to try to to try to get more cracks at the end zone. Um, red zone defense may be really, really interesting in this game um, because you can move the football, but then once you get in, the con- in those condensed spaces, who can separate themselves? Like, this is a game where, like, you would hope Travis Kelsey sort of um, plays better, particularly in in the red zone. Obviously, I know he had a touchdown early in the game against the Colts, but that that second touchdown that he that he could have and probably should have had, like those are the type of plays you want to you want to have in mind. Um, so so Kelsey will be super duper important, much like he is in a lot of these games. Um, I I gave this earlier. I'm going to do it now, Josh. Are you ready? I am incredibly ready. His name is Matthew Wright. This is the first time I'm looking at this man, because unfortunately, and understandably, he was not in the locker room. I'm sure he was trying to get everything situated. Trying to tell the equipment team what his shoe size is. Now, last year, in some spot work, or no, in 2020, in some spot work with Pittsburgh, my man was serviceable. He was four for four, seven for seven on extra points. Last year in Jacksonville, after the whole Urban Meyer situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had a career long of 56 yards. So he's got the leg. Dave Tobe said he was pretty consistent in the workout on Tuesday. Um, They signed him. He's pretty good from 30, excuse me, from 40 in the end. So he's got a perfect percentage from 30 to 39. He's five of six from 40 to 49. 50 plus for any kicker is difficult. Um, But he made four of six last year. Do you think Harrison Butker is going to play? No. <laughs> can I can I give you my my kooky I, I, theory? I, I don't. Well, to be fair, kids, I don't know. Um, my best guess would probably be no. But Dave Tobe said that they'll they're gonna take it all the way up to, you know, hey, uh, Saturday because you have and to he, decide if you're gonna elevate uh, Matthew Wright from the practice squad to the active roster so that he can play on Sunday. And I I wonder if there's any chance that they would they would activate two kickers for this game. Which I, I know is tough because that means you're taking a position group away from somewhere else. I don't know if this is a weird time to like just say, hey, no backup quarterback, Chad Henney, you're inactive. I don't think that will happen. But when Tobe said that, you know, Burton, or not Burton, I'm sorry, I've got Mike Burton on the mind. I was reading Seth's article earlier. Um, with, with, uh, with Butker not practicing today, Tobe said it was because yesterday was the most kicking he had done since he got hurt. Right. And, you know, the, I'm sure his ankle's a mess right now. I wonder if I wonder if if they could let somebody else handle kickoffs. And he didn't sound very amenable to the idea of Justin Reed doing kickoffs uh, as a plan. But if if Matthew Wright or maybe Justin Reed or whatever could do kickoffs, I wonder if Butker just doing the the one step just sledgehammer swing would not be this team's best kicking option. I don't know. It's totally different with adrenaline in game when it was hurt the first time to trying to get out to Tampa and find yourself some footing in what could be a swamp. I don't know, but that specific thing from from Tobe today was sort of interesting. But uh, you know, not necessarily worth uh, running out a dude on a bum ankle to use that ankle to land a whole bunch of his torquing energy. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I'm not saying that needs to happen. I'm just. I don't know. I, I, went, I was curious if you thought there was any chance. But uh, maybe it's the Matthew Wright show, and we can yeah. we can be all right with that, right? And you know, if, if that if that happens again, it's it's for it's understandable. Um, but hey, it might come down to Matthew Wright, um, and if that's the case, it'll be fascinating to see um, how he how he performs um, when he's only got a few days to get in sync with Tommy Townsend. And obviously, Jane Winchester, the uh, the 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 long snapper. So, um, 
I don't know, Josh. As I talked about, if that field don't look right, hey Matthew, you good? <laughs> it's just, I don't know. We this we don't gonna be dumb. I can. We, I can feel it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say a score so I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I might. I just want to say twenty to seventeen and then not give a team. But I don't think that I trust the Chiefs to hit two field goals, so that math doesn't necessarily work. So I'm gonna say that it's three touchdowns and a missed extra point or a failed two point conversion or something. <laughs> and, and I'm just gonna say twenty to seventeen Chiefs because I'm a sucker. And what it actually is is that the game is tied. The Chiefs have just barely crossed midfield, and there's two seconds left on the clock. They didn't get as close as they wanted to, but then Harrison Butker comes limping off the sideline, dragging his club foot like Daniel Day-Lewis, and just kicks a 60-yard bomb to uh, to win it. 60 may be too far, but, you know, a nice 52-yarder that, that he, he comes out there and has his real uh, Kirk Gibson moment. Yeah. Sure. Another Kirk Gibson moment, maybe. I think he's on a couple now. I don't know. Sure. Let's let's uh, let's see it all the way home, kids. Um, it's gonna be weird, man. This, this game's gonna be so very weird. very strange. So uh, weird. I'll let you pack us up and get us out of here because we we talked about hey, without Seth, dude. Is this show gonna make it a full hour today? Oh, we're over an hour. Okay. Well, I just looked over and saw the time, and uh, okay. Uh, so you can uh, read Seth's excellent story about what went wrong in Indianapolis on the Chief in the North newsletter. That's mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Uh, of course, all of Nate's stuff up on The Athletic. Uh, the article, we boy, we didn't talk about this nearly in depth enough. I apologize. This has just been lo- two full days ago, I think, and so I deleted uh, too much of it from my mind. Your story about the Chiefs and short yardage, we talked about, we teased some of that. Um, I tell you what, I imagine that this will be a continuing issue next week and beyond. I do want to dig into that with you at some point. Um, total total game mismanagement by me here. You know, I got to be better. That starts with me. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the challenge of doing this show after Chiefs Buccaneers on Monday. Because I, I do want to I do want to dig into that as well. Uh, so, so, so that's up in the athletic. And you're writing about special teams as well. Yeah. Sometimes the trends, you write them right as they're at their peak. And, you know, so for Chiefs fans, you hope that, like, as I write this, eh, it's going to it's going to naturally go back to like what they were last year, which is like a very good team in short yardage. Um, so maybe there'll be new plays. Who knows? If not, then that'll sort of exasperate the issues with the offensive line. Lastly, I forgot to do this Monday because that game was so bat bleep crazy <laughs> that I forgot to give a shout out. And I told you and Seth this, uh, the night it happened, it was Saturday night in Indianapolis. But I just want to give a quick shout out uh, because, you know, where we are in the season. I want I want to say thank you and hello again to Cassandra and her family who were all decked out in Purdue gear. I mean, they were so excited to see George Karloftis play for the Chiefs in Indiana. You know, basically his home state since he got, since he became an American uh, against the Colts. And uh, they recognized me in my uh, all juice, you know, hoodie which is in honor of Therese Paler um she enjoyed his work as well so um it was super sweet it's not every day where even one of us are on the road or whatever um and somebody recognizes us and, and says that they love the podcast but uh but yeah if you've listened this far god bless you uh hope you enjoyed the weather report and um yeah just thank you to Cassandra Cassandra, I can't get everybody's name right. There's so many names, kids. Cassandra, I appreciate you. A real, a real Nate Taylor Times R's shout out includes him getting your name wrong just a little bit. That right there is maybe the most authentic shout out you've ever given.